Hello everybody and welcome to the Alien vs Predator Galaxy podcast, the original Alien and Predator podcast. I'm Aaron Percival, aka Corporal Hicks, and joining me are usual pain in the arses. <laughs> Adam Zeller, aka Ridgetop. AJ Bischoff, aka Voodoo Magic. Eric Adams, otherwise known as Xenomorphine. And to be fair, the pain in the arses comment was directed more at Adam than the other two. The other two are consummate professionals. Adam is not. Somebody's got to give you a hard time. <laughs> and welcome to episode 123. Now, it's our third episode of the year. We're talking about Thicker Than Blood. Despite being our third episode of the year, this is actually our first recorded episode of the year. So I'm, how's everybody doing? You had, a, you had a good Christmas? You getting a good swag? Yeah, I built a new computer. Mostly new components, so some some gifts with that. But yeah, I got some mostly like gift cards and stuff. But yeah, got some good swag. Yeah, I'm and just hoping we, our families didn't get together because of COVID nineteen. So I'm just hoping we get through that this year. But the best gift we can have is our health. So I'm glad everyone's healthy. Wow, AJ, you make me you make me seem so materialistic with that crap. <laughs> I got an egg. <laughs> I didn't get an egg. Well, I was thinking about an egg. Okay. This is this is pre-show uh, pre-show discussion showing through here. Eric, do you get anything good? Or are you going to throw some platitudes no, at us? Because we got no money, so. <laughs> Fucking hell. I saw you got some swag, Aaron. I saw the picture yeah, of you. No, I'm I'm looking like the friggin' bell ending because I just I, I just want to show off my swag that I got. Well, why don't you show off your swag? stuff in you. Do it. Eric is just happy he has food and yeah. <laughs> basically. <laughs> I don't normally look forward to Christmas. I've never, re- you know, since I've stopped being a kid, it's not something I I really enjoy. But you know, everybody everybody did a good job with me this year because I got probably can't see it so well. I got a frame over there for all my signed collectible car games that I get done when I go to conventions. I got a new figure to add to the top of the, the bookshelf there, which was Necker's 40th anniversary Blood Edition of, of Big Chap, which was cool. Cool, a cool little pop Funko key ring that's on the shelf that you probably can't see that much, actually. But, you know, I was... And, and a bunch of Watchmen stuff. I really like Watchmen as well. So I, I, I had a good year. I had a good year with, with swag. And I, I, I love the frame. It's so simple. I should get that off in a bit, actually, just to show everybody. But that those cards in there are some of my prized parts of my collection. Because I've never... older, Aaron. Oh, this wasn't a Christmas gift. This was somebody that was lurking around on the floor. So, you know, it crawled up me. And for anyone not watching, there is a face hugger on Aaron's shoulder. Indeed. Yes, for the, for those listening. Yes, um, that'd be weird if you're on audio only. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it'll, it'll fall off eventually. I always try and wear it when I'm doing like the RPG sessions and it always just disappears. But now that you've all made me feel bad for wanting to talk about my, my Christmas gifts, I'm glad everybody's okay as well. And that you're being fed, Eric. I know I know there was a chocolate biscuit there earlier, so... Um, it's I'm, still I'm, intact and okay. everything. Just about... <laughs> But <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how we're going to smoothly move on from this. Fucking hell, boys! We're here this episode to talk about thicker than blood. Our previous episode was an interview with its writer, the Jeremy Barlow, that Adam and I did. So if you've listened to that, you already know Adam and I love, love the series. Love the and comics. that just came out today at the time of this recording. Yes, that, yes, that podcast. Yes, yeah. I did. So like, what are you on about, Adam? The, the comic's been out ages, but no, the, <laughs> the, the interview came out as of today for recording. So knowing that we love it already, Adam, we'll go last in terms of the mini reviews. But let's start at the bottom, AJ. 
Wow, Mini sure review, please. With me? Okay. Well, well, we're going to build up. We're going to go. We're going to go. Eric, medium, and then me and Adam. All right. Well, first thing I'd like to caveat before I begin is that the writer Jeremy Barlow, the writer of AVP Thicker Than Blood, is awesome. Awesome for taking his time out to talk to AVP Galaxy podcast about this comic series, and also awesome for admitting that he has a soft spot for Predator 2, which always scores points with me. And I'm glad uh, Hicks and Rich Top talked with him because I have a feeling in this podcast they're going to be gushing about this book. But just know that whatever and uh, wherever my feelings lie, not everyone is going to like everything, and you're still awesome, and thanks for coming on. So, Alien vs. Predator thicker than blood for me it was a uneven experience a tale of good and bad vibes good and bad experiences the best part of this book was artist doug wheatley right is that how you pronounce his name Mm -hmm. um his artwork was just a feast for the eyes i mean this man has a real gift for drawing aliens and predators. His biggest strength is drawing humans, just the emotions they convey. Everything from spaceship to the interiors, the environments were spectacular. And uh, it was brilliant coloring too. Gonna try to butcher this name, Rain Burrito. And the artwork just literally popped off the page. So if I was grading this book on the artwork alone, I'd score it a 10. However, Jeremy Barlow's writing is where it falters for me. It feels like the tale of three C's, you know, it danced between captivating and convoluted and contrived to me, where I felt like a pinball bouncing in between an uneven story. And when I'm dealing with AVP, I'm also always going to call out if either creature was badly represented or not represented enough. I just did that in our podcast reviewing the novel Alien vs. Predator Hunter's Planet, where I believe the aliens were underrepresented in that book. And I'm going to do it here again when I'm saying that the Predators were badly represented in this comic book series. And I'm sure we'll get into it. And Jeremy's backstories that he revealed when he spoke with Aaron and Adam. But it was just not a good representation to me. And the alien, all the alien fans who complained about Wolf, who just owned the creatures in AVP Requiem, and the the Predator was overpowered. Well, you got your revenge, alien fans, in AVP Thicker Than Blood, because boy, the tables were turned here. But I'm just saying, bad. you know, there were good moments, too. There were character moments between the stories to protagonists, a 15-year-old girl and your her younger android sibling. And it all led to a uneven experience for me that didn't rise to the level of the artwork. So I'd say if you're strictly a Predator fan, I'd say this book is a 5 out of 10. If you're strictly an Alien fan, perhaps this book is a 7. But as an AVP fan, I'd have to say it's a 6. It's worth a read, but not worthy to me for many return visits. So I'd say a 6 out of 10. Interesting you mentioned that about the um, Requiem wolf alien predator kill ratio. Um, I did notice that in it. I felt that was interesting. I felt 
the alien should have at least got wounded a bit more than it did at the very least because there's stuff like that but i actually mostly share voodoo's view as it were of the artwork is absolutely beautiful this is one of those comics it's a, a rare instance in alien and predator comics where i feel i have to take my time looking over it because some of them it's each page in some of them like this one it's often each single panel they're just so much detail not just in terms of like you know the outlines and stuff but in terms of the shadowing which i just want to absorb and take in that i just feel i need to take my time over it unfortunately where it falls down is the story and especially the characterization and um with some stories i would take issue with a story being convoluted but i do agree there are points where i think to myself wait what why what how and it's it just falls down a bit at certain points. Taken as a whole, it's a nice sort of A to B thing, but even the basic premise where it's implied predators have gone in this ship and they're like they're slaughtering everyone on sight. It doesn't matter whether they're armed or not armed. So there's this implication that they're doing so because they've entered the territory of the predators. But at that point you think, why didn't they just blow up the ship? It's just an excuse to just have predators killing people randomly. And I think with this story, I listened to um, the writer of it on the interview you guys did, and he does admittedly talk about, well, he had all these different ideas and some of them fell by the wayside and there was a lot more background, but it felt like some things were left over from those old ideas. And he said, well, he only had so many panels and whatnot to actually fit in, but they were often segments in the story where I think, what was the point of including that? Like the guy with the bird, he used to be the lead character in the original story. And in this story, I assume he was put in there because they thought, well, I've come up with this character. It would be nice to just put him in there. But I just thought, what was the point of putting that character in there? I did think it was interesting having a predator team up with two kids but the reasoning for it after they literally just tortured and almost drowned it makes no sense. When you have a story about kids, you had to be very careful. One of the exceptions to a, a child character not being annoying was, you know, Lex and Tim in Jurassic Park. They, up until that point, kids featuring in stories, they were always annoying. That was one of the few stories where they felt like kids do, like Newt did in Alien. She felt like a real kid. This one... I mean, you got Maria, the girl, she just acts literally like a raging psychotic at points, and I did not relate to her at all. You have the kid who's actually a synthetic that's revealed very early on. I find that very interesting. But, I mean, he's acting a bit WTF at some points as well. Like, he's looking at this wall of predator weapons, and he's like, oh, this is so cool. And I'm thinking, why would a machine think predator weapons are so cool? And it takes the human daughter to be the one that says, this isn't cool, this is sick, they've just killed her parents. And I'm thinking, well, what's synthetic? Why would a synthetic give a damn about whether a weapon is cool or not? So you have little moments like that and whole characters like the guy with the bird I think they sort of junked some of the wrong stuff like he talked that he did want to have the predator ship interface more and that could have been interesting that could have led to some exposition and then you had other points where you just have stuff put in it that I just think 
either that doesn't make sense or why are they acting like that or it doesn't contribute anything to the story. But the artwork, I absolutely love. It's just a lot of the characterization and the story, especially when it is just a straight A to B story, it just felt it didn't work for me in the way it should have done. And I will say, I like to give constructive criticism. When I first heard of what the concept for this story was, it was like a cruise ship in space and predators find it. And I thought, oh, cool. This is either going to be predators spooled it and they find out it's already been hived up or it's going to be like, for those who remember it, Deep Rising. But without the tongue-in-cheek humour, I thought that could be a very interesting story. If you had human pirates or a rescue team like Event Horizon board that same ship afterwards and you see the aftermath of all this stuff. But it really didn't go like that at all. And it felt like like that idea, that concept for that, what the story was advertised as being like, I felt that was squandered for me in terms of story. But the artwork is beautiful. You even had, Aaron's going to be a fan of this, I thought, as soon as I saw it. You had the skull of the alien. But what they did beautifully, they had it that the dome, it's opaque by just the right amount. So it's just like in the production stills of Alien where you only just see the skull. But most of it's in that opaque shadow. And I thought that if you're going to have the skull of the alien, that is the way to do it. It was a perfect. In fact, I would go so far as to say out of all the comics which have ever had the skull in, this was the best depiction I've ever seen in art form, at least in comics. But um, yeah, so I would say it's it definitely has its higher points, mostly in terms of art, but especially with the dynamic of the two kids, I did not relate to them. I found them both. I alternated from feeling annoyed by them or just do this other thing. It's like got the girl after she's seen her parents slaughtered and she's being led by her synthetic guardian to the lifeboat and she is only a kid and she's saying, no, I'm going to go and help my friends. I'm not going to let them die after she's seen this thing with massive blades just slaughter everyone. I'm thinking, what is your plan? Say you get to your friends, assuming they're still alive. What are you going to do that you couldn't do to save your family. She's just being this really annoying child. It just doesn't make sense. So those points are where it it kept falling down for me with character, maybe not inconsistency, but you have the moments like that. You have moments like, as I said, they torture and literally drown this predator. And then the next time you see this predator, it's hobbling along and it's literally putting out a hand to do a handshake. I see a predator's going to do like, can you imagine a human character doing that? No. Now add on how impulsively aggressive a predator is going to be when it's had its arm chopped off. It's going to get the hell out to its ship and it's just going to blow the human ship up. It's not going to care about helping these two kids. Would have been interesting if you had it, the story start off somehow by the predator initially being in absolute dire straits and one or two human kids on the ship intervene and somehow help it. Maybe they close an airlock as the alien's about to leap it. Something like that where you would have had had the predator go, oh, yeah, I can't help myself, but I can use you. But having it happen, let's be friends. It doesn't make sense after this predator has literally just been drowned by electric cattle prods. What? So moments like that, it fell down for me. Artwork is beautiful, but yeah, it's the story, the characterization where I just thought I'd like to Come on, give me a score. this higher, but... 
Yeah, it just lets lets itself down, unfortunately. Just give me a score. I have to say, because of those kind of things, more like six out of ten. But it'd be a lot lower if it wasn't for the artwork. The artwork really does put it up there. It's just it gets dragged down. Okay, Adam? Yeah, if you've listened to our previous podcast where we interview Jeremy, you know that that Aaron and I really liked this. And AJ and Eric, we can definitely agree on the artwork. This is some of the strongest artwork we've seen in the Dark Horse line. And this is coming from Doug Wheatley, of course, who did the line art for another one of our favorite comics, Aaron the Destroying Angels, which uh, handled the space jockeys really well. And we still need to do an episode on that. The colors also by Rain Barreto, fantastic. For me, this really worked for me. And I, I get what you guys are saying in terms of like bits in the story that, that are very atypical for an AVP kind of thing. But for me, that that was part of its strength. And, and I think Jeremy illustrated that really well in his interview that he didn't want to do a story that was just Marines and predators mowing down aliens. He wanted to do something that was pretty different. And I think he succeeded in that. And yeah, you could consider her annoying. But for me, she was a spoiled brat teenager who had grown up on a luxury liner, you know, it made sense to me that a teenager would be acting impulsively like, oh, we have to go get our parents. Oh, I need to save my friends. Like she she would not really be thinking things through. And yeah, she comes across as a jerk in the first half. But I think it got into an interesting sense of family where you can have these conflicts that are to hide deeper emotions. And they get to a point where these two characters find out something and it it strengthens their connection as siblings. And and I think that focus on, on family and this was really well done and similar to Alien Echo. And Aaron, I know you would also recommend that book. And and that kind of had, as far as the sibling dynamic goes for me, a similar kind of theme, even though they're unique in, in terms of these two stories. I've always wanted an AVP story on like a space yacht, a space cruise ship. And so this did that for me. It was a setting that I had wanted to see for many years, actually. And I think it portrayed it really well. There were some interesting locations on the ship. So just the world they created on the ship, it makes you ask questions like, whoa, this is a luxury liner just going through space. Like what what kind of course do they they chart when they go on this thing? And and all these different rooms and and one of the uh, heads of the ship is a cartographer and the other one is a tour guide and but they kind of neglect their kids their bad parents so there was all this added context I think we got by talking to Jeremy as well as the predator characters like there's a family dynamic there and yes it's not explicitly drawn out for you uh, but this is a father predator who I think wanted to prepare his sons for hunting the alien and they didn't know what waiting for them on this ship and so like well let's just go there and fuck some shit up you know but yeah so I, I feel like the predator for me, it's boring if the Predator is always killing aliens left and right. You know, this is just like the first AVP movie where an alien takes out two Predators in quick succession. And people complained about that too. But I don't want to see stories where things always go in the Predator's favor. I mean, yes, you could have high stakes there, but the Predators don't always have to be mowing down aliens. You know, sometimes the aliens do get the upper hand or you get a particular alien that's especially lethal. And this one, the alien really reminded me of Alien Isolation how it was portrayed in Alien Isolation. So to see an alien that lethal going up against this predator hunting trio of very unique looking predators, and there's kind of a subtle family dynamic with the predators there and and the father's trying to prepare his sons and the father's been disgraced. None of this is explicitly laid out. 
but you still get the sense of there's a connection between these three predators. So for me, the story was just really intriguing. And yeah, I mean, the, the guy with the parrot coming in and just like, oh, you always think you're better than me. Yeah, there was a couple of moments where it's like, well, was that really necessary? And I do feel like the issue would have been better served as a five issue series because there were a lot of things that Jeremy talked to us about, Aaron, that were not really laid out. And I think he could have gone into a bit more. But this is the first standalone AVP story that we've had really since Thrill of the Hunt and Civilized Beasts because Three World War. I mean, I personally wouldn't count those anyway because they're little digest things. They were decent. I'd go even further. All the way back to Eternal? Because that was 99. Unless you count Sandtrap. No, because that wasn't wasn't a series. AVPs had a lot of little things, but very rarely any full-length series that weren't to do with a crossover event. So Three World War was still a crossover, even though it was continuing the other stuff. Then again, when was Xenogenesis? Yeah, Xenogenesis was all part of a crossover. This is the first standalone AVP since Eternal in 98. So like 20 years. Yeah. AVP does not get enough love. And I I could feel the love for AVP in this. I really liked the setting. I really liked the ship. And I really liked the characters. As annoying as they could be sometimes, I feel like it came together for me. And they they grew as characters. Not just the human characters, but the Predator character as well. So for me, this this was solid. I mean, I, I have some, some issues with it here and there. Some unnecessary bits of the story or things that could have been explained better. Or I do feel like it was a bit too compressed and that it could have used another issue. But for me, this is this is a 9 out of 10. Like, this is... This this is up there with Eternal for me. This is one of the best, in in my opinion. I very much agree with Adam there. I, I consider this one of the top three AVP stories. That is counting... That is, I know I, we just made a big deal over there about a lot of the AVP stories being part of events, you know, Genosent. Xenogenesis was a big thing. Three World War was part of the reboot. We've had a couple of things to do with the relaunch, you know, with Fire and Stone and Life and Death. And even counting all those as part of AVP series is, you know, thicker than blood is top three with me with Eternal and the original. As has been said, the artwork in this is just absolutely freaking stunning. Doug Wheatley is one of my favorite artists that's ever done any of the Dark Horse Alien stuff. Destroying Angels is is one of my favorite Alien comics in terms of artwork and narrative. Rain Burrito, their coloring work is some of my favorite from recently as well because they also did Dust to Dust and the same sort of... I think they had, Rain has a, a texture to the way they do the colors in, in the series that I've seen of them so far. So even without knowing who Jeremy was, when this thing was announced and it was Doug and Rain, I was like, you know what this is going to be? This is going to look good. And it did. There's so many panels in this thing that are deserving of being printed out and stuck on the um, stuck on the wall. You know, I would I would quite happily buy some of the line artwork and the original sort of prints to, to stick on the wall up there with Tristan's stuff. So I think we're, we're all quite quite universal there in terms of that. You know, all of all of Dark Horse's last runs, you know, Predator Hunters 3 and Alien, the original screenplay and Thicker Than Blood. Dark Horse went out on a very big note visually on all three properties. I definitely disagree with that, uh, with AJ and, and uh, Eric in terms of the, the narrative of this one, because I really, really dug what Jeremy did. And that was before learning all the extra context from what Jeremy told 
told us that that was before that. I just everything about it was flipping around how AVP is typically treated. Now, AJ, you were saying about the the predators being un- underrepresented in here. For me, the punishment that the main predator went through in this and still came out on top of it. You know, I was like. God damn, that guy is fucking brutal. The punishing he has taken and he is still up and running and still grappling with an alien when he has one arm and one foot. I was like, God damn, I respect this predator. As as Adam was saying, I'm so used to seeing the aliens poorly treated in the expanded universe. And this is not just AVP. This is not just a case of the original AVP where they're being mowed down in the streets of um, Prosperity Wells. You know, all of the EU has a problem with this. And to see him be... To see him go from being the underdog, tied up, being tortured by one of the predators, because that's what he was doing, to then going and just absolutely destroying them was super satisfying, super satisfying. And yes, it would have been nice to have perhaps seen some of the fights fleshed out a little bit more, but with the narrative being focused on the kids, it was like, yeah, I know why we haven't got three, four pages of this fight, and I know why we've quickly moved on to the kids dragging <laughs> dragging the predator away. And the the, car- the kids as well, that was, that was something I liked because I identified with both of them. You know, I remember the difficulties that I had as a kid relating to my sister and the 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 age difference was switched around in real life for for me but you know i was the older one but i i always struggled you know with being friends with my sister so that initial hostility in their dynamic was was quite relatable to me and over the course of the story of how it then became you know i'm not i don't hate you this is the world and i'm taking my anger out on you and it's not fair but it's what i'm doing and i know that and i'm sorry i love you the the way that character dynamic actually continued and was um, dealt with was super satisfying to me. Uh, Tyler, as, as a character as well, is one of those things where I find the concept really fucking interesting. You know, this idea of him being forever immature. You know, he was an eight-year-old trapped in a supposedly immortal body. He was never going to grow up. So, you know, when Eric's saying things like, why would he find weapons cool? Because he's an eight-year-old kid. He's programmed to be an eight-year-old yeah, kid, even he if he like... is a robot. Yeah. But you've got you've got to give concessions to the franchise because that is not the way Alien has ever really treated its synthetics. Yeah, David look might... at Bishop. No, Bishop David... would, would not have gone, oh, that's called Bishop is because a synthetic. Well, that's Leonard, that's Leonard not... finishes that is not what Bishop was programmed to do. Tyler is programmed to be a kid. He is programmed to be a companion to her who outgrows him. So he is forever this eight-year-old boy's body who's obsessed with cartoons and thinks weapons are cool. I can agree. <laughs> I agree with him, even though I did really like uh, Maria's turnabout of get fucked. They just killed our family with these things. Get your head out of your ass. You know, I liked that. I thought that was very believable as a dynamic and an exchange there. But him as this eternal kid is something that fascinates me because he's not eternal. He might never mature, but his body fails and he has to deal with that as this immature kid. And I really, really like that kind of thing. And I also identify with the idea of never growing up because I'm always 18 in here. So I'm never going to be, you know, I've spent the last 13 years as an 18 year old kid so i i really got on with both of the characters in this and i found things to identify within them so do i do i see what you guys don't like about it yeah 
Do I agree with them? No. Uh, they did not ruin any of the experience for me. This whole thing was just super satisfying to me as a visual and narrative package. I'd probably go I'd probably go nine out of ten, maybe eight out of ten, because I don't know I don't know if I'd treat Eternal that high either. I mean, I think you struggle to beat the original. You'll always struggle to beat the original, but it's it's up there with them. Maybe maybe an eight out of ten for me. Because I don't think any of the comics can really ever perfectly hit that ten out of ten note. We, we don't we don't get Watchmen in here, so but yeah, really enjoyed it. And I've just thought, I didn't tell any of you guys to do the, the pros, cons kind of thing that I wanted to start doing the comics with now. Well, make your make your choice. Is it an eight or a nine? Because I thought it sounded like you were going to be just as high as I was on this. You're so pushy. <laughs> make, make your choice there. Yeah. For the guy who always keeps us waiting, you know, you, <laughs> you do have the choice of 8.5. Yeah, you could go with 8.5. Yeah. Wow, you're still thinking. <laughs> I'm gonna go no I'm gonna go I'm gonna go nine I'm gonna go nine wow okay I do I really enjoy this I mean good man all right so where do we want to spin off first maybe we want to spin off to the predators huh or no well real quick I I do want to kind of give my own thoughts on some of the things you said Aaron like yeah seeing the especially the final and again there's going to be spoilers for whoever's listening with the story obviously but seeing that final shots of like both the ships flying away as the liner explodes and you see that predator just sitting in his chair and you see the teenage girl also sitting in their chair. You're like, damn, yeah, they've been, they've been through some shit. Maria, and they are, by the way, they are like a Maria, right? And they are stronger because of it. Also reflecting on Echo, the whole eternally young kind of concept, you think, well, maybe he could be upgraded. Maybe she could find a way to have him grow with her and redo his programming so he could get a new body and he could age. You do think about that, especially with their family too. Like their family is obviously busy running this business and they are being neglected. As she says, like you raised me. You were essentially my babysitter because mom and dad were so busy. You know, for me, that was something I could relate to as well. Like my parents were good parents, but they were really busy when I was growing up. You know, my dad was a traveling businessman all the time. My, my mom ran a martial arts school. They were really busy parents. They were great parents. So I don't mean to make too much of a connection there, but but it was something I could kind of relate to a bit myself. So because the whole the whole like they're frustrated or she's frustrated with him because she doesn't have the full context of everything he's going through. And he kind of breaks down like, hey, this is what's going on with me. And she kind of can't believe it because she has this whole different perspective on, oh, I thought you were the favorite. Oh, they're, they were just going to get rid of you without even telling me. And that kind of shifts her ire from her brother to her parents, even though they were they were just killed. So the whole like, oh, forget this. Like, I, I love you and, and I'm sorry. Like that whole kind of shift with their character dynamic was really effective for me in this story. Yeah, for me, that was the strongest point of the story was the brother and sister dynamic. I thought personally that Barlow did a wonderful job with Tyler and Maria, that their older sister, younger, annoying brother dynamic to me was spot on and their dialogue sounded authentic. You know, you guys, I'm always on that. Does the dialogue sound authentic? Like two siblings would really speak to each other and it did to me. Therefore, their relationship felt authentic. And for me, it was the best thing. The most enjoyable aspect for me in this book was seeing these two interact. And it really, uh, if this was a story removed, you know, from Alien and Predators, I think I could follow these two, even in a, uh, just a general science fiction, you know, 
or e- even not science fiction. I thought I thought these two were really well written, and I wouldn't be surprised if Barlow had an older sister. You know, like Aaron, she's older, right, Aaron? No, it, the age was too much around with us, slightly younger than me. Okay, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if you know he had that relationship in his, his own life because for me. That felt real. That felt tangible. And I really did. Yeah, I have an older brother and I have a younger uh, stepsister, but they felt like how siblings would speak to each other. And I think Barlow did a very good job with that. In some ways, but I just felt it was an immensely toxic relationship that she was insanely abused to me. See, like Aaron was saying, he he likes the spin on certain things between Maria and Tyler. I mean, for me, it just, I don't know if it was consciously, but it felt very much like it was just basically taking Vickers and David A, but from smaller years, just even down to the way she just shoved him against the wall. Tyler, the same themes. I felt, again, I don't know if this was deliberate or unconscious influence, but it felt very much like a copy of, ironically, a synthetic named David out of the 2001 film Artificial Intelligence, which is that Kubrick Spielberg film. It was the same sort of themes explored there. But she was just incredibly abusive. You have a panel where she's literally just whacking him across the head. And then she twists and does that, I love you, I've been mad at them, not you. And to me, that was, it just felt like that is a major trait of a raging psychopath. Why hasn't she emotionally bonded with him if he is meant to have essentially babysat for her being a big brother from when she was born? She was supposed to be. She's a bit, no. 15-year-old. Can AJ, can you remember fighting with your brother or your sister when you were that years when you were oh, 15? With my brother, it was brutal. I mean, it was violent and it was brutal. Bruises. I mean, yeah, cuts. I mean my sister pushed me off the top of a bunk bed and I pushed it a little bit down the stairs. So, you know, even see, even what was happening when, when you're that young boundaries haven't really been fully established yet and and when player. you're a teenager as well god just think of the fucking how horrible that time is with what's going on in your head and then throw in uh, emotionally distant parents and a fucking alien and predator I, I must mention, though, yeah, that but it Eric- was implied in this. This is how she's always been treated. And to me, in, in regards to that, that was particularly a little unsettling, at least for me, because it's straight out put on there that he is literally unable to retaliate even verbally because she, he is effectively her slave. He has he to did. do what he, she he says. Almost, he almost knocked her out in one of the panels. When he puts his... When he yeah, but it can't, it, it's just sort of like, yeah, it, it, he has to, because at that point, it's a choice between saving her life. Well, we don't know if she's always treated him that way. I mean, it could have just been that's how her, it's her teenage years, and he was becoming different because of his parents were using him for other purposes that were beyond his programming, and that was affecting but that's, his cognition. With him, that's his heart. That's literally how it's... But he doesn't have an arc. He has remained the same. That is what she doesn't like about... He hasn't changed. So that's why, to me, it felt I don't like reading these characters because it, it feels not like it's glorifying abuse, but it is abusive. And then she just turns, I love you. I've been mad at them, not you, love. And then it, it felt too quick to didn't I, feel like human beings to me. I, I couldn't take it as abuse because, again, it just resonated with that part of childhood. Sibling squabbles, yeah. Yeah. I mean... Like- you you could say that perhaps Doug had made it look a bit worse than perhaps was intended to. Yeah, I, I can buy that. 
I just but, want to bring up a point that uh, Eric yeah. brought up, though, about this movie, Artificial Intelligence. There was some stuff with the Ark Barlow interview, which he's awesome for doing. Appreciate it. He brought up a backstory for this, this android robot where, you know, originally they had a son, this family in um, Thicker Than Blood, and the son died. So they decided to replace him with this AI. And then once they got a new kid around, you know, it was like so long AI, they didn't care so much for that AI child. And I'm like, this is this is Steven Spielberg's artificial intelligence. Yeah. Why didn't yeah, just do that? Because in that movie, they have a kid. The kid practically dies. He's in a lifelong coma. They don't think he's ever going to come back. The mother's depressed. So they get this artificial intelligence. It was a child. It was from the Sixth Sense actor, um, Hallie Joel Osment, I think Osment. is his name. Yeah. 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 And um, they brought him and the mother you got acclimated to him and fell in love with this child. But then lo and behold, this, this kid came back from a coma and then suddenly it's like bye-bye artificial child. And then I, when I, when I listened to that, I'm like, why don't you just say the backstory is artificial intelligence? Cause I've seen this before. So yeah. it was, it was, uh, yeah. It was it's not mean to say that it was, it was bad to put in a comic. It's just that it felt overly like that in the same way as their relationship, Miria and Tyler, it felt very much like this is how I can believe Vickers and David eight were like when Vickers was that age, except that, you know, David would have been an adult, but it's still that kind of thing. As I said, especially when I saw Per shove him against the wall and I thought Prometheus, it's it just, it would just, Hit me in the face. But, you know, talking about those kids, guys, if you put me in isolation, no pun intended, but if you put me in an airlock and cut off the Internet and the world after the acquisition of Fox by Disney, and then you handed me this book, I'd swear I'd chick my fist in the air and say, aha, you know, this is the Disneyfication of Alien versus Predator. You take out the gore, <laughs> you take out this gore and this story would be so suited for Disney Plus, you know, yay, the 15 year old girl and her little android brother against Predators and Alien. Think of what we could have conceived with Newt in the 1980s if she started in her, her own series. So just generally, you know, even though I, I like going in a different direction, I don't think this is a direction suited for me and 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 some of the people in, in our forums as well. They mentioned this is not their type. Well, I, I don't think you have to worry. It doesn't seem like he was intending this to go further than this contained story. I didn't get that vibe. I didn't get any kind of no. Disney type of vibe from this. You know, we've seen the family theme come up in the comics before, even Dust to Dust, that was very much focused on the mother-son dynamic, and this one was more focused on the sibling dynamic. Echo was heavily focused on the sibling dynamic. Well, um, Echo for teenagers, right? Isn't that a young novel? Yeah, but it was still really well done. Like, I'm not going to initially like look at something that's for teenagers and just be like, oh, that's Disney being Disney. Like, I feel like it was effective, and it was also entertaining for me as an adult. Uh -huh. Well, this um, wasn't Disney being Disney. Disney wasn't involved with this, but it's just... Well, Feeling like feeling it's like where that. our fear, it's where I would go if our where Disney would take it if our fears were being re realized. If Disney went down this route, I'd be fucking happy, you know, <laughs> as a TV series, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. I mean, yes, yes, the, the main characters were kids, but again, f I say for kids, teenagers, but but for me, you know, this was. 
it felt like Alien in terms of, you know, they were real people in Alien. They were real workers. This was me bitching about my job. This was this was me as a kid. It, it was relatable. It was it was an everyman, an every kid, an every teen kind of thing. And it was fucking brutal. This comic was brutal throughout. Well, that's if what you, if you, if you took the gore out. If you took the gore out. That's yeah, but the gore was, was everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And he, he did a great job, Wheatley, with the gore. Woo. Some of those shots were really detailed, you know, with the intestines hanging out of that the, annoying um, character. The uh, Denver, I think, he had his intestines When When they out. discover him across that thing, I was yeah. thinking of, it actually reminded me a lot of Tristan Jones' artwork for some reason, you know, just the detailing of the way he always has the intestines spilling out and stuff like that. Yeah, it reminded me of the piece from the 40 Years 40 Artist things that Tristan had done. I that, was really... I'll tell you what that reminded me. I don't know if the artist used this as a reference, but it actually reminded me of that, you know, the DLC for Isolation when you're on the Nostromo and then you come across Lambert's and she's sort of like that. I don't know if that was deliberate, but that's what it reminded me of. Yeah, there was there was a lot of good violence and, and brutality, which we, we do want to see here and there with, with Alien versus Predator, for sure. Especially like with the Predator was torturing this alien, the alien got just total vengeance on him. I think he even rips out like his brain and spinal column, if you look yeah, at it. Like something like that. The, the, but, the alien was fucking savage as well, you know, in that one, because he fucking he bit the hole, stuck his fingers in the hole and then yanked it and you know when he's fighting hook later on he's very slowly stabbing into hook and it was like that struck me as a little too much like the newborn in resurrection when it's doing that thing with call and it's putting its fingers into her and it's it's trying to be sadistic like that i don't know alien can be i like that yeah i mean in in this i found the alien to be it's like when we talked about isolation coming out and you know there's this impression of big chap being this super fast sadistic kind of bastard that doesn't you know it's the impression but it's not what the film's doing necessarily but they replicated it for isolation and that was the same feeling i got from this one you know that this was that impression of big chap but it was it was stompy this was this was the sadistic motherfucker from alien isolation and i, mean, I loved so, it some ways, i mean there were parts where I thought, what's happened? Like the part where it escapes initially and then Maria and Tyler sort of hide behind that desk and it literally comes within like a foot of them. Yeah. And then for some reason it just decides, nope, and it just goes out. Well, the same thing dust. happens something in isolation. Its tail them. literally drags across. Yeah, your but body. its, it's like head isn't like calls. almost at Amanda at that but point. Some that's, that's, been, something should have intervened there. Some things happen in isolation, a video game in a movie, Adam, and you're going to be, you're going to raise a red flag and say hey that was dumb you know why didn't the alien notice you know the humans there and they can pick up the sounds and the quivering and the heavy breathing and the shaking and and in regards to i guess predators and aliens let's start with the predators with me the biggest gripe i have a lot of problems with the predators is when they come to the ship and um i I just want to talk about the book first i don't want to talk about what what barlow said afterwards i know you were using names hicks for one of the predators, these names aren't in the book, you know, and uh, people who maybe didn't read that interview are not going to know. Yeah, but then again, neither is Wolf in the film. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, we, we adopt the nicknames. Neither is Scar, just... neither is, you know, Mr. Black. Yeah, well, that's fair. But this, something like this, well, the biggest gripe I have first is when they come into the ship and invade and start slaughtering you know, unarmed men and women and children, ripping off heads, ripping off body parts. And when I first started reading this, I thought, wow, these are some major 
bad bloods. And everyone was saying that in our community forums, you know, regardless of what was presented to us, we're like, these are some bloodthirsty killers that don't follow the honor code of their species. But no, they're not bad bloods. The holiday cruise ship apparently traveled in some uncharted space and must have entered the predator's quote unquote territory. And now the predators have to slaughter unarmed women and children. You know, the vacation ship couldn't have flown that far out. What? They've crossed this imaginary line. What are they, Romulans? Did the ship enter the <laughs> neutral zone? I mean, yeah. predators are nomadic. They're more in tribes. They're not territorial warmongers. And even though Aaron would love it, they're not psychopathic killers. They're sports yeah. hunters. To be fair, to be fair, I and and again, Jeremy was talking about this. Only one of the three predators was really killing innocents left and right. The older Predator character who ends up surviving, yes, he did kill their parents, but their parents were armed. And we don't know who else he was killing beyond them. All right. It was just one of his sons that were that was killing people left and right on the beach. So I, I got what Jeremy was going for. Like the ship happened to come come into Predator territory and they were on their way to another hunt to hunt this alien that they already had on the ship. And they're like, well, let's board this ship and let's oh, fuck them up so you can get some practice before the aliens. Like there's moments even in the first AVP film where Scar kills the guy that slid down the, the ice shaft because he knows he's going to die anyway. Does that make him a bad blood? No, I, I don't think they are super strict on their honor. But Adam, you could only review the book that's presented to us. You, you only learn that they're going to bring an alien to a ship or to a planet somewhere and hunt them after the interview. You didn't know yeah. that initially when you were reading this book. You could only be presented. You know, they say the second second guy is the elder. I thought the elder was the guy torching the alien because if you look at of the these artwork... Days. He's battle scarred. He's wounded. His his mandibles are all kind of crunched off. And he looks like he's the one that's been warring. I, you know, I hear this explanation from Farlow in the interview and it made no sense. And also it's like that he was supposed to be a father of these two kids that he's trying to teach these two kids honor. Well, as far as I know, that father was the one reaching for those kids in that elevator. What was he trying to hug them? No, he was trying to kill mm -hmm. them too. I'm like, Farlow, what are you saying? Even this explanation does doesn't make sense because he was going to kill kids too. And then his arm and his leg gets stuck in an elevator, which feels totally contrived to me because it just sounded like an idea that, you, you know, okay, you want a handicapped predator with missing limbs. So you come up with this crazy idea for an elevator to do it. And an elevator would never on a cruise ship. What was this? An elevator? It, it well, they, well, they, they specifically address that. They specifically address that. They override the safeguards inside no, the elevator the control panel. The door stayed closed. You know the doors would open so not only it wouldn't harm a passenger but it wouldn't harm the machinery. The doors close on the arm and the leg. They stay there. Little Tyler jumps on the arm and just holds him. Now he's not propped up against the elevator wall so he's just showing that the predator is strong enough to keep this android boy he lifted up in the air but the doors never open up and these are doors to a club and a bar you know and then suddenly this kid can override it in 10 seconds to possibly damage not just a passenger just a kid though <sighs> come on she's part of the crew she it has an override i will i it will throw you a bone i did think it was kind of weird that he takes out the mother right there and then he's immediately after the kids in the elevator i was like well why does he why does he want to get him so that was a question in my mind for sure as far as what you were saying eric in terms of 
the older predator like why doesn't he just leave well he's missing an arm and a leg he can't really just leave without some assistance and so i think the kids thought that they had drowned him they thought that they had killed him and they were shocked when he comes back and says you want to deal he tries to handshake them it's i didn't have any problem with that this is an intelligent spacefaring race like they obviously know a thing or two about humans if he's repeating phrases like that so he he tried to kill them them. and now he wants to be friends and what was hilarious to me is here's a he doesn't want to be friends he almost let them blow out of an airlock at the end when the agreement was over what is hilarious wait and that is a ridiculous thing too but i'll get there when when he's standing there by the way it's very funny he has one right arm and one right leg and he has a stick that he's using his right arm and somehow he's not falling over how do you walk around when you just lost your limbs with just the right side of your body without taking one step and falling over and losing That's your balance sticks for <laughs> uh, it's a space walking stick but it's <laughs> right uh. Now, this is this is where it's getting to the point where you don't like the story, so you're zooming in on the stuff that, you know, hates it. Um, no, it's not what they always say. It. If you don't like the story, you see more of the flaws, and if you like the story, you overlook more of the flaws. Mm-hmm. Well, that, that's, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? I mean... You, you don't like him teaming up. I fucking hate team-ups. I fucking hate them. But this one, again, I liked it. This guy being punished so much and then still... You, you know, you, you you say that I don't... I like the Predators when they're psychos. You do. I do. I do. Yes. <laughs> but you I hate do the also, honor system. I hate, I hate the honor system. I like them being intelligent creatures. You know, Adam said, they are intelligent spacefaring creatures. If he thinks he has a chance at fucking hobbling his... Roll, no, he's not even going to hobble. He's going to fucking roll his way around the spaceship trying to get out. If... But you're changing. Like what we were talking to Stephen Hopkins. You know, the idea was like, why do I love this creature? Because he's not a psychopath. Because he has ideals. Because there's more to him than just a must kill. Must you know? That's what a xenomorph does. Must kill. You know. That, that's that's doing the same thing that you complaining about Adam doing with right. taking the extra context from Jeremy's interview. Because you see. You see in the film the honor, and that is the intent behind it. Yes, but I see something different. The EU throws something different at me. This is this is no. He lets a pregnant woman go uh, go free. Yeah, but that that's animal management. That is population management. He lets a child. Not to mention, different clans are going to have different variations of the honor code. You're not going to have one overarching honor code. Otherwise, you wouldn't even not to bring the movie The Predator into it. You wouldn't see predators hunting and killing each other if they didn't have differing codes or, or differing ways of doing things. And we don't know that the Lost Tribes code could be very different from whatever code that this clan was adhering to. That doesn't make them fully bad bloods. But if they're like, hey, you're coming into our territory, we're going to have some fun. Like that doesn't, they still view humans as an inferior race. And, and I think that is one of the ways the predator grew that Jeremy talked about. And I know I always go back to the extra context that he gave us but he was like this predator respected these kids when they were trying to drown him they were like damn these are fighters all right so 
You, I didn't get that at all from watching that scene. It, 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 it was not happy about being drowned with electric cattle prods. Well, I'm not saying he was happy about it, but he it was... wasn't feeling respect for them. It was just like, these little miniature humans are trying to murder me. I mean, this is a predator. It should be a... It, where was it's it? shoulder Lex and AVP. It should be like, to, I get it. The only thing that was wanted Lex along was because Lex killed an alien. It was like, all right, let's see what you can do. Yeah, and what, does it, so, what is it expecting these little kids to do to an alien? It wants to find out. I mean, it's... To find it out. would know they're useless. Well, well they, no, they, they are specifically wanting to get him to his ship so they can fuck but off. But how does it know that? It, they, all they're they doing could, is speaking English to yeah, it. It's got no way. They might as well be going blah, 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 blah. And it's got no way of knowing what the hell do you mean. It should be going, sub this for a game of shoulders. They right? have some understanding of English. This has been shown throughout the series. They literally have a translation device, and again, from the Predator. But it, it like... <laughs> I look. Yeah, and you, you guys mentioned the uh, the end and respect and honor. Um, you guys ever see the Star Wars meme where Anakin says, you know, from his point of view, the Jedi are evil, and then he proceeds to kill younglings. <laughs> <laughs> I've not well, seen that before. <laughs> uh, well, my head went to that meme when Barlow had, uh, or, you know, during that interview, he said that the handicap predator had some sort of redemption arc at the end. But even without him saying that, I saw that he had a respect for these kids when he carried Maria to the um, escape ship tender and then brought the damaged Tyler, a younger sibling, to the ship and then leaves and proceeds to suck them into space. And if it wasn't for Maria, they both would be dead within 10 seconds. So you're either writing these predator as a complete idiot you respect it you bring the body together and then you want to suck them into space what this is i'm gonna explain that away so no no i mean here's here's me who's someone who's been critical of the story i will say that for me i didn't mind that because to me that fitted in with predator mentality because with for me predators once you've done it okay, whatever happens to you, it's on your head because that's what happened in Predator 2 with Harrigan. They gave him the pistol and then they started, we're going to lift off, you're going to stay here, it's up to you, we don't care. For me, that's how Predators think. As soon as the task is done, what you do is on your head. I could see how you could see it's a bit contradictory because as soon as he goes, he's off and they get sucked. The timing was a little off, but to me, I felt it fitted yeah. in with Predator. Yeah, that's too. that's that's a good comparison. And who knows? I mean, maybe this Predator was like slowly detaching the ship. He's like, yeah, you guys better get out of here. And it was spurring them along. Like maybe he wasn't like just detaching the ship like that, knowing they were going to die. He was like, well, I'm just going to let the air start coming out so they they know they have to get out of here quickly. That's me overanalyzing it in my head for sure. But I didn't get it as like he was trying to kill them after their agreement was over. He was just like, well, you better get out of here. So, well, look, the predators were just presented as so weak. And I, I want to caveat this. I am totally fine with a single alien besting a single predator. Absolutely. I mean, look at the alien runner in, in Alien 3 so fast. And, um, but do the predators you, always have to be strong, though? But, yeah, well, hang on. Hang on. I mean, but look, to me, yeah, they are strong. They're a race of hunters. You mean there's weak, there's weak individuals bringing, in every race. They're bringing a xenomorph. Why? Well, I, I, I treat them like Spartans, but well, that's a whole nother issue. But Bar, um, Barlow, you're not going to have an entire species of Spartans. 
You're gonna have weaklings, and, and you're gonna have predators. Maybe they chuck the weak weak ones off the cliff, just like the Spartans, right? And, yeah, and he, they wouldn't yeah. make it to the point of being the yeah where the predator they, hunting groups go. They'd just be discarded. they would die in their challenges. You know, there's certain initiations that they have to do with certain age, and they would just die out in the uh, elements. But uh, well, but I think you're looking at too black and white. Let me let me get to my point here. Let me get to my point. This is a race of hunters. Okay, you see a wall of magnificent weapons you know and i know i'm not the only one who's complained about this a lot of people complain about this that the whip carrying predator who fights um the alien in the beginning of the story just gets ripped apart by the alien without a single scratch now i don't know that because it cuts away no, but it cuts back and the xenomorph has no scratch and the arm is in one hand of the xenomorph. The head of the predator is in the other. And the kids do more damage to the alien than, than the other predator. <laughs> the children do more damage. Not and really. The alien is, no. is pretty much oh. unscathed. It's burned by her a little bit, but it's not like mortally wounded until it, the predator comes It along. takes two spears, one of which melts straight through it and he's going, what the fuck are you doing? Near, it's it's the predator that gets the kill but, but the alien the predators aren't squishy little humans on the nostromo you know blue <laughs> the predators are neither the is the alien punishment no i this... understand that but you have to show me again guys you have to understand i'm okay with an alien this is part of the writing okay you, you say okay i want to i want to have this alien defeat this predator okay he's going to say i don't have space for it but he has space for this guy named denver and his yeah. little bird Can you know it? Yeah, and that's why I feel the predator is really short-handed. And um, it, I mean, look it, at it, look at Chopper Predator though. Look at it Chopper was Predator. AP. Alien kills him initially without anything. Does that mean like, oh, he was a weak predator? No. Sometimes the alien just gets the upper hand. That that was perfect. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I would be okay if an alien xenomorph just suddenly jumped, was up on the ceiling. The predator didn't see it. Jumps on top of him and stabs his tail through his heart. Okay, I'm good. I'm not talking about this because it's situational. Yeah, it's situational. And those, those kids encapsulated it when they were hitting the predator with the sticks in the water. Okay, they yelled that the alien, quote, tore your friend like you were nothing. You can't even beat a couple of kids. And that's the way the predators were presented here. That's quote. Nah. Well, nah. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> no. I, I would disagree about the the fight between the predator and the alien because, I mean, I, I think it would have actually looked better if you had seen the, the alien holding up the predator's head, but you saw the, the alien was sort of scarred from the electric whip of it and it was healing, something like that. But when you do have that scene of the little kid doing that to this one-armed predator they're basically treating it like a bitch one-armed and one-legged yeah it's that scene felt a little over the top it is that scene i loved when he's looking up in the sky and you see the sky fizz and and he's on the beach which is already such a cool location on the ship and they think they've killed him like i loved that scene guys it's just the way and you gotta back me up here i know i completely (laughs) i respect this this predator so much and i think it was brilliant because of how when you know when we were reading it issue by issue and issue one drops and it gets fucking squished in the the elevator and i'm like well fucking hell he's done with and you know at that point yeah. i was like i was like I've, i thought yeah, he was that, done was, too. Yeah. that was fucking shit why is he dead and then it comes back to it and he's to his his mate his son whatever is like fucking sort this shit out i need to keep going and he does i love that scene as well when his son just takes the razor whip and like 
it slithers around his limbs and it just cauterizes the wounds. Like that was so brutal and such an awesome scene. All right, Hulk look, is fucking badass. He is better than Wolf. Look, I'm going to read the back of the book. Two sentences for you guys, okay? Two survivors, a teenage girl and her synthetic companion, must either find a way off the ship for themselves or a way to boot the predators off. But mere survival now becomes the issue when an alien is turned loose on the ship. So it wasn't survival before. This is the way it was presented. It was when that goofy Denver says something. When you're he judging the story based on the tag, like uh, no, no. When there's description. A, when there's an alien on board, he says to the kids, "There's something worse aboard." Quote unquote. Why? You just had a predator slaughter dozens of passengers on that beach holodeck. Who knows how yeah. many dozens were killed by the others, okay. the captain, the husband, but the alien is worse to him? How? This is alien versus predator. From their perspective, it's killing the creatures, easily killing the creatures that did that to the people on the ship. I don't think Denver saw that. I, I think that well, we was, don't know what uh, he saw. He said I, he saw something. I think that was one of those writing scrubs where the writer wants to raise the stakes and go, "There's something worse in it." But from the character's perspective, yeah, it, it was a little weird because they're both equally. In fact, the alien is would probably, at first glance, if you saw it, it might be less of a threat because it's not using ranged weapons. But yeah, I, I agree. It was a little bit. I was thinking, well, wait, oh. Is this where the story's taken a change? Is there something about this alien? Is that why the alien was chained up? Because it's some different kind of alien, but it's just a normal alien, which in itself it's... I thought was weird when you just saw a predator just flame-throwing an alien for the heck of it. That was another bit that I just thought, what is it doing? What, what, what is it about this alien? But it was just a normal alien. It, that, exactly. It's treating the aliens the way they should be treated. The predators hunt them because they're supposed to be the ultimate prey. Yeah, I get and, that. And well, it was well, nice to actually be shown it for what. But why was it torturing an alien just for the heck of it? Because predators just... are bastards. Again, yeah. it's, it's one of the things I like about... And the yet they had, the, they had the space to have this predator flamethrowing an alien for no apparent reason. They said, yeah, oh, we couldn't get in all this other backstory that could I have been more interesting. I couldn't even understand why he was doing that at first. And then they, they released the, uh, I guess, the security system. And the chain drops somewhat. And the alien kills the predator. The predator doesn't hear. Obviously, the chain's rattling around. And then at that point, the predator's still in the air. He smiles in the artwork and then breaks the chains. And I'm like, okay, you're up higher. You couldn't break the chains. break them before. But suddenly, you break the chains the now. Chains, it's not like- the chains didn't really break until the explosion. Uh, well, yeah, what was that explosion? Oh, yes. by it, was his, it was his it was flame back. Yes. yes. It bit the fuel. Oh, yeah, and then, and then it was swiping at his armor, and the sparks caused an explosion. Yeah. So the fire killed the chains. Okay. Well, was an the explosion damaged the chains enough that the aliens. I don't know the chains. The chains the most damage to me. I didn't get that, but. But even then, isn't this some sort of, you know, when he's up there, he's like this. You you can't really say, you know, arms and he's hogtied, isn't he, initially? And then when Tyler releases him, he's down with, you know. Yeah, but but what you say is true. It was an explosion. That's what broke the chains. If it wasn't for that, it would have still been, it would have been like a dog on a leash. It could only get so far, but yeah. I will give the story one little critique of a moment, having just reread it again recently, where I was like, wait, what? Was when they went back because they needed Predator arm for his computer because they wanted to retract the boarding ladder that was blocking their path to the escape ship. And 
they they go back to the elevator where the predator was caught in it and they say oh he's gone but it's like wouldn't his limbs still be there or right outside the door but instead they drag his whole body to the elevator unless i don't know maybe the predator used the same blue juice vial thing in avpr to get rid of the evidence i don't know but yeah you would think like his limbs would just still be sitting right there and they would go after the limbs well, but had, then, they, had they actually been cut off because wasn't that what um whip guy was doing yeah he he cut them off I think there's some of, and it probably applies to both of us. There's just, you know, when a story starts rubbing you the right way, things get worse. Or if things start pleasing you in a certain way, you start forgiving it. Because I don't know how you guys can forgive this part where it's right after the um, predator starts fighting the alien, the elder, the, the one with the two limbs who looks younger. The alien, oh, by the way, the alien whacks the predator with his tail, okay? And he flies like 50 feet through the air through the window like he was punched by Superman. And then when the alien whacks the 15-year-old girl, she only goes three feet, lands up against a tree. But the predator is about to get killed and 60 seconds go by when all this happened and the 15-year-old girl disappears and reappears, somehow climbed into the predator's ship and this, this girl knows how to use predator's tech. She's, she's armed with a whip and she's armed with a flame blaster and she's using predator tech to destroy the xenomorph in something that couldn't last 60 minutes. Well, she seconds. saw the flamethrower being used by the other predator and I she mean, doesn't when, use when the whip herself she throws it to the other predator finish up on the displays of power I guess between the alien and the predator like I honestly like it when you see something that goes against our expectations and, and I know the subvert expectations trope that can that can go wrongly as well but sometimes like with grid alien and, and AVP we see an alien that's putting up more of a fight than we would expect against this predator uh, these predators and like wolf and AVPR is like wow this predator's wrecking aliens left and right aliens and predators you're still going to have individuals within their races that are going to be stronger or weaker than others and that makes for interesting battles i think because if they're always evenly matched and it's like well one just happened to win but they all got you know messed up because they're all equally strong like no i want to see the predators that are super strong and like elites and i want to see the ones that struggle or are like failures or the ones that have to redeem themselves and it's the same thing with aliens like occasionally we'll see an alpha alien like grid that'll end up just leading the others and that's the alien that ends up becoming like a new queen or something so like for me i like seeing those individual characteristics between between the species. And I didn't think it detracted from the strength of the predators in this. The predator, like you were saying, Aaron, like by the end of this story, when he was in a ship getting away, I was like, that is one badass predator. I mean, AJ just said the dude got fucking knocked 50 feet. What does he do? He stands straight up and goes straight in for it with the alien. Yeah, but then my complaint was, no, I'm not saying every single aspect here, but there was enough to make me frustrated. Look, when you guys did that interview with Jeremy Barlow, right? He said the different behavior of the predator the territorial crossing where we must kill all your women and men and children now. You know, that whole shift of being out of character, Jeremy explained, was solely done for mechanical reasons. He said that on the podcast. He had to get the kids alone against them. And that's the whole reason why he went against the natural behavior of them. And this, you know, you for me, this story needs to get, I need to get to a handicapped, I need to get these kids alone. I need to get a handicapped predator, you know, and these certain things with the elevator, you guys saw one in the first issue. I'm like, what, this elevator makes no sense. And, you know, in the second issue, why didn't this predator, I mean, I, Adam, I love when 
when the aliens win in Alien versus Predator because I get to see it. And you better figure it out and not just leave it out, like how this alien wins. It's not like the Predator was caught by surprise. It's not like the Predator was unarmed. So I need to see this stuff versus just, ah, yeah, it happened, you know? And and if you don't have real estate space, you have to you have to hone your story better so you can explain. You're saying you, you didn't feel the victories, whether it's an alien or predator, they need to feel like they're earned. Yeah, absolutely. Like if it's just they're confronting, go away, and one's one, it's... Especially when it's Alien versus Predator. This is not Maria versus Tyler. True, but but, but that's the thing. I don't think an Alien versus Predator story needs to solely focus on those battles as the main element. Yes, it has them. And yes, eventually it becomes the the crescendo that we see. But it is focused on this brother and sister. And that's why I believe it cuts away. Would I have liked to have seen that fight between the Predator and with the whip and the alien? Yeah, I would have liked to have seen that fight. But it was Jeremy's decision that it didn't serve the story at that moment to fully show show it and maybe that was just him trying to save because he only had four issues to work with maybe if it was a five issue series he would have been able to show that fight but i would have liked to seen it for sure he gave us denver and his parrot yeah he but that's what i said at the start i said i think there were things that went wrong yet he could have junked a lot of stuff that didn't have a re- like denver and juniper things like that which ultimately served no purpose whatsoever but what they got at least two, maybe three pages worth if you include his death scene. And that could have been completely junked and they could have put back in some of this stuff, which was lacking. You don't need an extra issue if you're putting stuff in there that doesn't need to be in there at the cost of taking other stuff out, like, for instance, like the Predator ship interfacing with the game, which it could have given them a lot of information on what Predators are, what the alien, what are, what is the threat they are facing without having to go through the twists and turns that they did earlier. There are ways and means of doing it. You don't need an extra issue. Let's also remember, though, the nature of the comic writing. You know, I think, again, this might have been something Jeremy said. I'm not sure. But, you know, by the time he's writing three or four and realizes he needed something, one and two is already out. So there is there is some real world considerations, you know, to take in terms of yeah. the Yeah, we're looking at it in terms of a finished series, whereas what you yes. said, yeah. So one of these things, it's going along, it's happening as it goes along. So yeah. as, as he talked to us in that interview, he said, well, I would have, now that you bring that up, I would have gone back and done the whole mother saying goodbye to them think differently in the context that we know later that she was going to sell him. So yeah, with comics, I I don't understand all the dynamics in terms of like getting the story out and like what the whole process of that. But yeah, obviously the story be cohesive. Usually they have a framework and maybe, you know, and everyone has deadlines and and, and he did have an original story where it was just uh, Denver at first and then he said he junked that late in the game for this story. I will say the bit with Denver did feel a bit unnecessary. I kind of got it in the context of it was showing a bit of their past in terms of the dynamics between their parents and their parents' employees on the ship and they were the spoiled kids that were kind of looked down upon. So it, it showed us that the ship was a toxic environment for them to be in. So them eventually leaving the ship and the ship being destroyed was part of their character growth, that they escaped that, the place that was not good for them. And he was kind of a representation of that as far as I saw it. But yeah, it was kind of weird for him to just show up with the parrot and he's like, well, screw you like that. It was kind of weird. But at the same time, for me, I kind of saw it in that context. 
And then with the predator dynamic, I did not see that father and sons. I did not see no. any of it. And maybe, you know, that extra stuff could have been removed so we could learn that either through narration. And you don't need actually a character narrating that or through that computer idea, that great idea where uh, Tyler was hooked up to the computer and he could possibly. That was a good idea. I would have liked to have seen that. And that could have shown more of the backstory between the predators for sure. And then things maybe could make a little more sense other than what we were presented with. Again, I, it, it would have been nice, and it would have fit into the thicker than blood theme. But again, I didn't. I didn't find it a detrimental miss. One of the things I like, or I love about the comic, is it's one of those ones where I actually feel, but don't miss that it's in a world. You know, it's it's not like it's starting in the middle of a story, and I'm wondering what the. F- fuck's happened in the past kind of thing here that I don't get given to me. It feels like I've been plumped in the middle of a, a breathing, living situation and, and family and world and ship. And, you know, that just those two panels with the mum and the dad, nothing more needed to be given to me to know that there was, you know, um, relationship problems there. It made no difference to the story, but it enriched the world for me. And a lot of the extra context that Jeremy gave us would have been nice. I completely agree. It would have been nice, but it, it, I don't. There was enough was... there to give you things to think about in terms of the world that he set up. Not with the predators to me, but with Maria and Tyler, absolutely. You know, and I, I loved. I, I told you that was the strongest part of his writing was to me. I, was... I mean, even with the predator stuff, you know, just just the concept of it being a territorial thing was interesting to me in terms of different behavior because we don't get to see much of um, military kind of stuff or or non strictly hunting kind of behavior Aaron, so you say you don't want these guys to be klingons yet you want i don't klingons what, 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 no. what, how is just having military like, stuff klingons. how far is this cruise ship gonna come out or romulans or anything like that how, how far i mean that that comes back to what i said was if it was a territorial thing why didn't they just blow up the ship because yeah. they still want to have I mean, some that's, fun. Look, but, I mean, still I, because they wanted the story, because it was a mechanic. No, it's not decision. glory. It's it's having fun. Well, and I would like all... to ask no. something. Am I right in thinking this could be, and now this might I might have missed a panel I'm remembering or something, but I think this is the first AVP comic story we've had where every single human death is predator-caused. I don't remember any of the yeah. human deaths in Texas out of Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't yeah. It? he 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 was killed off screen though, wasn't he? Yeah, but yeah, you know, the, the implication is it was the alien, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Okay. I will say I loved for once, and this is another first, the only time I remember this happening is in the original first ever AVP comic where we saw it happen with the Queen. There was one panel where the Queen, you didn't see her teeth. She wasn't baring her teeth. She had it all sheathed in her head. This is the one comic I've remembered probably since that time where we saw the alien and it had its lips closed. Yeah, and I, I, I was, I, that was so refreshing to see an alien not constantly. Every other panel, unfortunately, did have it hissing at the camera, but it's really nice to see them once in a while looking like they did before Brett got killed in on the original film, where it is just this slick head and not showing any teeth. It's this, yeah, this both hilarious. both the alien expressions and poses were were very dynamic. Like yeah. even the alien, and the predator ones, around, the predator faces were really yeah. nice. Oh, they were great. Yeah. Even when the alien was jumping around after the parrot and kind of swiping at him, like just the poses he he was doing were so cool. And and the predators as well. Like I love how he had the big ass wrist blades that 
Celtic had in, in AVP when he was coming down and he has the cape, that shot of him coming down on, on the parents just from above like this was such a cool shot. And the razor whip, like we haven't seen the razor whip since. Those wrist blades are just way too long for me. I know it's a personal decision. <laughs> it's just way too long. As far as the proper weapons, there were some interesting things as well with the, with the ship. When they go inside the ship, which interestingly enough on the exterior, it's the same ship from Predators 2010. But on the interior, it's the same ship from The Predator 2018. So I would, would, I will say, where's where's our lost tribe? I would like to see see more originality in the interiors of the ship. I miss the original AVP comic where we saw something completely new in terms of the inside of a Predator ship and the outside of a Predator ship. So, but, but it was, it was still well done. I mean, it looked like a predator ship inside it out. But when you see the the weapon wall, the glaive. you see the glaives from Concrete I'm, Jungle. I'm disappointed we didn't see those tonfas in action. Had, and you see a couple whips there. Like there was a lot of really cool small details. And each three of the predators, you could tell them apart. They each, well, two of them had masks. One was unmasked the whole time. But they were very distinct. Like I've seen a few of the, the comics with predators where the predators are not very unique looking. Like it's just a pack of them and you can't really tell them apart too well. But this one I thought just based on the visual style that was created for these three predators, they they all had their individual looks about them. And that I really liked. Yeah, yeah, uh, I agree. I agree there. You know, I love to see injured predators. So, you know, when, when the jerk on the ship showed up and he had his scarred face and a mandible missing, I was like, yeah. And then when um, Hook lost his body parts, I was like, yes. Although it would have been nice if he'd, um, I, you know, I'd still like one to show up with predator augmented appendages, you know, like some sort of fucking wicked weapon on a stump or something instead like Terminator that. Terminator predator. Yeah, give, uh, give him the T-1000. But well, no, we've seen a Predator with the augmented arm before in one of the comics, haven't we? Not that I don't remember. I mean, one of the, one of the Kenner figures certainly did, but I can't remember any in the comics. Hmm. I'm having vague memories of one. I'd Turn up like Darth Maul star spider body. <laughs> yes. But, you know, fantastic it, though, and, uh, it, it would have been nice to have seen a, a lost Predator interior I, I miss that so much i really yeah, do I, was, I agree i was playing classic again recently and and even like the little moments with their weird fucking spider ship thing that they have in the hangar you know that was lost tribe internals and i'm like <laughs> i just want to see these again in fairness that back then i think that was the only design they have to yeah, go it, it off it but i still been. because it, it it brings up i like with the interview you guys did and he said that one of these criticisms of the films is that he felt that they didn't bring up the mythological side of it enough and I was looking at the comic and I was going but you had the chance to bring some of that back within the ship's interior design maybe give it that Aztec feel and he didn't but then you, you have to wonder how much of that's then Doug's decision because again mm. they tend they tend to just go with the most recent designs yeah. and th- this this is something that goes back a long way it's like you just said with AVP Classic you know, there's more reference material for them to use. I thought the same thing while I was reading it through again earlier. I was like, oh, it would have been nice to have seen some pillars. There is a, there's supposed to be everything I've read. There's always dialogue between the writer and the artist. But I guess some things maybe are just, you know, you go with it. You know, you have fun with it. You know, you pick the design. Yeah, maybe- there's a reason you're the artist. And yeah. Well, Aaron, didn't we find out like with the Alien 3, the Gibson comic, like they wanted to do an interesting ship for the, the UPP. Yeah, and then Fox some, Somebody. 
above was just like, no, just have it be a regular dropship. And they're like, okay, we don't get the logic with this, but all right. It's You'll pay like, in the bills. It's like this. I was a little, uh, I looked at that ladder that uh, dropped from the Predator ship to the tender, you know, and uh, I doubt, you know, I looked at it and there were so many rungs. What was it? Eight feet tall and a seven foot Predator. Yeah. <laughs> so many rungs that, you know, it was impossible even for a child to squeeze through. A human ladder has bigger gaps that you could, you know, and I was looking at that and I'm like, that's not a Barlow thing, bro. But you just said a ladder dropping, blocking me. It you was know, a big story that they couldn't yeah. get past that ladder. I'll give you that. Or you could just design as an artist, put a backplate to it. Like, you know, a ladder. You ever see those things where you pull from an attic? I don't know if you have them in the UK, but um, there could have been just a backplane to it. So even if you get through the ladder, yeah. you can't get through or the Or just like a test tube thing with a vacuum. It looked a little too human, that ladder to me, but I mean, it's just a ladder. So It would take 10 minutes just to take every step <laughs> for a predator. There's big feet. I don't even know if they could fit. And, you know, I'll tell you, it really, to me, I would like to see Barlow take on a alien comic, you know, a straight alien comic. Because it really looked like, you know, as I was reading Thicker Than Blood, really felt to me that he was really trying to capture the feel of the 1979 alien film or, or alien isolation. Well, the alien isolation is obviously um, inspired by the 1987 film, you know, but with that single xenomorph terrifying and wreaking havoc on the Nostromo, you know, it, it becomes problematic when you do that approach again, when you're not dealing with blue collared, unarmed humans, but armed, trained, hunting fighting predators, but um, I, I would really like to see him under different creative circumstances. I think he could really come up with a great, exciting alien book or a series. Or it'd be great if they um, brought him to the, you know, the new Marvel series. Hopefully we get to see eventually under Marvel, his take on Predator, the original screenplay, because he had yep. written that. And it would be a shame if, if a lot of work had already been put into that and it doesn't... I would think Marvel would publish it if, if there was enough work already done on it that they would... What did he say? Two two books have already been drawn, I think? There was four issues. I think two of them were completed. I, I think, think there were five issue runs. Oh, okay. All right. The, 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 the script treatments have been given five issues, but not the normal runs. Hmm. It'd be interesting to see how the longer format stuff actually works with Marvel. You know, with, with, I know it's tangent in here, but, you know, with, with Dark Horse, the longer runs haven't been as successful. Well, haven't been as a science. But but he would be really well suited for this, you know, even if you applied this story of this cruise ship into like a 12 issue series, make it a bigger ship than just a small little, you know, 110, you know, passenger luxury liner and, you know, less diehard on a, um, on a cruise ship, you know, a spaceship, spacecraft. But I think he could really do well because, you know, with, with Alien especially, it's it's about those characters, you know. And I, I know Eric doesn't agree with me on that, but I, I enjoyed the main characters here. And I enjoyed the one Alien aspect. I think he handled that well, even though I think the Predators weren't handled well. The Alien was handled well. At least if you're if you're chasing that 1979 film and you're not chasing aliens or Machiko or anything like that, because that can be exciting too. I'm not discrediting that. I like that too. But this, yeah. I, I I think an alien series would really suit him well. Well, I I agree. For me, I just thought it was so interesting and different that we got to see the predators go up against that incarnation of the alien, the 1979 incarnation of the alien, the alien isolation incarnation of the alien, like the nearly unstoppable incarnation of the alien, because we've seen. So so many times the Predators go up against the Aliens version of the Alien where they can be taken. There's still a significant threat, but they can be taken out 
you know, I would say they're more like the resurrection version of AVP. I've yet to see an AVP story where they've gone against up the seventy nine or eighty six Alien. It's it's unfair to say Aliens was all about can fodder because there's not many aliens you actually see die on screen. EU aliens are completely different breed to movie aliens, unfortunately. And I think Alien is more unstoppable based on circumstance, not just people being unarmed, but the shadows and knowing when to strike, you know, not striking when like the whole crew on the Nostromo are together, but waiting until one's, you know, that it's not unstoppable. It's crafty, you know, and dangerous. And, but to, uh, to what you were saying about this needing to be longer, I agree. I don't know if I would have done like a 12 issue thing. Like for me, I think five issues would have been perfect because I would have liked to have seen more of the ship. Like some of the environments were so cool. Like the the whole foresty park with the atrium where you can see into space. Like that kind of reminded me of the deleted scene from Resurrection where they had this botanical garden that was in this atrium with the glass that you saw out into space. Like that's another environment, just like a luxury cruise ship in space that, that I had wanted to see in the context of Alien. I got to see that here. So am I perhaps overlooking some issues with with the story and it not being fleshed out enough in terms of what's actually presented on the pages because there were things I wanted to see that I got to see? Maybe. Yeah. But this story just it it did it for me. And Aaron, I think it did it for you too. And this is just how it's going to be sometimes. We're not always going to agree in terms of the things we like or the things we dislike in in these franchises. And that's, that's part of what, you know, makes fandom interesting is we can have these debates and these discussions and well i'm seeing it from this perspective and i'm seeing it from this perspective it's the same thing with the alien prequels aaron like if we go back and listen to the reviews we had on that like we had disagreements in terms of like how we felt about the story with that and that's natural for me and i suspect for you as well aaron this was like one of the best avp comics and it didn't do it for you guys. I'm sorry I didn't do it from for you guys. And I hear where you're coming from on your issues. And and I get that. Like I understand your perspective. And it's totally cool. Adam's a lot more diplomatic than I would be. No, <laughs> it was like I think I was joking with AJ earlier. You know, there's before we were recording. There's just certain things, certain opinions where I'm just like, no, fuck off. <laughs> and and for me, this is this Thanks. is one of them. I'd ask it, the hugger to strangle you, but it's off the shoulder. It's all right. Eric has them too. You know, isolation's too hard for him because the alien cheats. He doesn't like John Wick. You know, when I when I read that stuff, I'm just like, no, Eric, fuck off. And you know, <laughs> you're wrong. You're just wrong. You're, you're just wrong. Gentlemen, gentlemen, I love John Wick and I love Alien Isolation, but I do not love this book. I just pulled it up on Comic Roundup, and we got good reviews and bad. Comic Roundup is like a rotten tomato. They only reviewed the first two issues and combined them because they don't do the graphic novels. And right now it's sitting with 10, 10 ratings, critical ratings at a 6.8. So I think you're going to get your highs. That's an average, obviously. So you're going to get your highs and you're going to get your lows. And it's not going to be a tasty feast for everyone. And it's not going to be frustrating for everyone. So I personally encourage everyone to check it out. I mean, just for the fact we hardly get Alien versus Predator content. And maybe maybe you'll be happy with it. I wasn't. You know what? If you're like like I said before, if you're strictly a Predator fan, I'd recommend you stay away. And if you're strictly an Alien fan, jump Disagree on, on that one. I, thought the I, predators I know. Were badass in this I know. I know. I know. This is just me. This is just me. But you know, it's it's obviously not going to please everyone. But I'm happy. You know, it exists. I hope we get more AVP comics. I really do. Oh, we will. Under Marvel. Yeah, I, I think we all agree, regardless of whether you're into the characters or story. 
get it for the artwork. Yeah. Definitely. We all agree with that. Yeah. Some of the strongest nah. artwork in the series. It's it will be harder to find. And that's kind of a messed up thing with Dark Horse not getting the license. Like they released this in, I think, the first week of December. So they literally had less than a month that they were able to publish this. I wanted to buy the digital version of the paperback. I, I couldn't get it because I was too late. Like I went on the Dark Horse digital website and I was like, we're unable to sell Alien and Predator comics digitally now. So if you want this, I would jump on it. I would go to Amazon or go to thingsfromanotherworld.com or whatever your comic retailer that has this would be and I would get it because who knows how long it will be before Marvel reprints it or you will be able to find it. And that goes with Predator Hunters 3 as well. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all the uh, recent you, all the recent. You ones. can ignore Hunters 3. That's fine. You don't need that one. No, Hunters... Okay, we won't get into that too much. But <laughs> that's that, that's the next episode. Yeah. I had some strong points, I think. Uh, strong... The, the first half was good, and then it fell completely... Yeah, it oh, doesn't... Can I say the covers... Awesome. All of them. I love Which the covers for this series. You get them inside, don't you? Yeah. I love the one where the alien is, is curled up upside down and holding the predator head. I love the one in the front that has no, like the, the targeting reticule on the, the alien and it has the, the kid aiming the gun and the targeting reticule. Like the art is so good for the, the covers for me. They really knocked it out visually with this one. It was brilliant. And remember, survival only becomes the issue once the alien comes on board. <laughs> Regardless of how many passengers this got slaughtered. Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Aaron wants to strangle me, ladies and gentlemen. This will be my last podcast. <laughs> Aaron's like, I, I wanted I to be know. all glowy about this, and these guys had to come off. Sometimes it's nice to have a good argue. Yeah, yeah I think we, it'll be entertaining at least this podcast. You know, we don't but, we don't normally get to be like shut up kind of um, <laughs> actually this, do this is what Aaron, oh, good. This is what Aaron deserves because Aaron was enjoying way too much our argument about ADI predators, Adam. When you and I went back and forth, I oh, could man. see yeah. uh, I could see Aaron smiling <laughs> and enjoying the carnage. Yeah, so. Uh, you know, but now that, he's involved. That was another reason that um, AJ had a problem with this comic as well. You know, there was capes. How very fucking dare they? Well, they I didn't mention it. You didn't, Are you not yeah. a fan of capes on Predators, AJ? No. <laughs> I'm not a fan of capes on Predators. It's like, you guys watch that movie Incredibles? Yeah, I was literally thinking, who the fuck do you think you are? Edna, what's her face? Yeah, is, it, is it Edna? I think so. But, uh, yeah. you know, every, you know, the capes always get caught in things. Not even like a small cape like Ahab had? Uh, small, maybe, okay. But, you know, the elder in... Um, now you're just it, quibbling about the size of it now. <laughs> now well, it's just getting nitpicked. Well, it, no, it, the elder in AVP, the movie, that thing dragged on the ground, you know? Like, I don't know. Like you the were... dra the drama queens. It's just a dramatic <laughs> flair. Come on. But you if know what? You, I'm not... I'm not it, it, capes is the least of my problems. I, I, mean, I'm just, I just wanted to bring it up because I saw you arguing about it recently and I was just like... Yeah. <laughs> and all three of them don't wear capes. They they were drawn badass, you know? So that's why I even look at the, the cape and I go, whatever, you know, it's AVP and he's trying to stay consistent with the first movie. Did so. you like the mask designs, at least? Um, yeah. Oh, they were great. Everything was great. That's why I would give this book a 10, you know? Visually. Visually, artistically, it was wonderful. The alien and the predators were fantastically drawn. I mean, I would love to see that lost predator ship, you know, but that's just a choice. He did a wonderful job with, you know, it was it was great. You know, 
some artists they're really great with the up close and the characters in in the panels, and then he's sometimes ignored the background where you get that little gray you know background. That, or, that's kind know. of why I like um, Rain in this because um, Rain tends to put texture in, kind of into the colors, so mm-hmm. it gives it like a sort of sense of shadow and, and a mixture of light. So it doesn't. Yeah. It's why I have a. I'm always funny about the older comics. I hate a lot of coloring in the older comics, especially background it's stuff, because it's just like yeah. 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 And that's why we really, really wanted that recolor of the original AVP comic that we only got one issue of when the, mm-hmm. when the game came out in 2010, because it brought the comic like to life in a modern context so well, because yeah, the coloring in the, um, the original aliens versus predator comic series does not do the comic justice. And that really showed that. Well, I, well, that, that was an argument we had in our episode as well. Anyway, if you remember, because the, the coloring that you tend to get in most of them is that digital thing that Dark Horse did for a while. Whereas I, I really like the watercoloring of the actual original print of the yeah. um, of the series rather than the um, the Dark Horse digital or whatever the fuck that was called. I can't remember. What's great about these backgrounds is most of it isn't just that one color backdrop. That they're actually drawn, they're fleshed out. You see the spaceship interior all the time. Uh-huh. I would say maybe looking through it now, 95% of the time, which takes a lot of work too. No, it's fantastic. Fantastic art. And I think you mentioned earlier, AJ, I don't think I highlighted it, but the, the, the expressions on the humans' faces as well. You know, he does yeah. the human, Doug Wheatley does the humans so well. It's a shame we haven't seen more of him, to be honest. You know, we had Destroying Angels and he did some covers for, I think it was Predator Life and Death that were brilliant as well. But when he came back for this one and I saw the announcement, I was just like, yes. Yeah, just I, give him AVP for the rest of our lives. Just give him, <laughs> give him any of them. Give him any of them. Yeah, we'll wait. And I, I do agree. I, I would like to see Jeremy back for Alien as well. I'd still like to see him back for Alien. I think AVP. that would fit him really well. I, I, I like this one, so. I know, I know. I think that would fit him very well. I think that would fit his style and his strengths, his strengths. I still think AVP is his strength as well, so. Before we go around in a loop here, is there any other specific points that anybody has about this one that we haven't already? Um... So, yeah, I just got to say that end shot with the juxtaposition between the predator and the girl flying away. Like that's such a cool moment near the end there. Um, but the predator's face and facial expressions in this are just really well done as well. I like the moment with kind of the forest fire near the end where the alien is slowly crawling towards her and it has like the white blood of of her brother on it like this just the art get this for just the art like the panel when he rips tyler apart i was just like fucking hell so when i was reading this the through the first time you know there's so many times i turned a page and i was just like god damn that is awesome or you know that is brutal or brilliant or something like that i don't think i've had such a visceral reaction to going through a comic and seeing the panels and the pages as i have this one god damn it it was just yeah but please disney if you're if you're listening this is not what we want on tv we don't want kids (laughs) no we don't want the kids shut up aj (laughs) the kids we don't want the kids versus the predators you just take out the gore and then they go yeah we can do this It depends entirely on context. Yeah, we just want well-written content regardless of the subject matter. That's fair. As long as it's well-written and well-executed, it could be about a duck. We literally once had a comic (laughs) which was... Yeah, we literally once had a comic which was about a pig, and it was literally called Aliens Pig. You, <laughs> you know, what? I need to reread that one because I remember it is the not cover a good so one. well. It I remember it being ugly. The cover is great. The contents, not 
doesn't match up. <laughs> Bro. Anyway, let's, let's gonna, move on. We're going to show off our shirts. Well, mine's already been seen. It's the, um, oh, the, the promo one. one. Although you're wearing a different one. I, don't I got the teaser that. Predator poster from the first ADT movie. I think you've shown oh. that one off before. Yeah. I need some new shirts. Yeah, I was thinking the same. I was going through mine. I was like, oh, I don't have enough AVP stuff. I've mostly got alien stuff. I was like, I need some more variety in here. We get some Predator stuff. But if you'd also like some uh, alien and Predator t-shirts, be sure to check out our T Public page for um, our exclusive alien and Predator shirt designs on there by um, Adam Milsevic. Adam Milsevic. I'm glad you you jumped in there. I hope I got that right. And also, also the other have, stuff featured on there. Yeah, we also have a number of other artists' designs featured on our store. Oh, Aaron, are you doing a written review for this? Because I know you had mentioned that on the interview podcast. Yes, I have been absolutely fucking slammed lately in terms of content for, for us and if real world. To, if you need us to, me and Eric can write it, Aaron. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> Uh, I have um, I've got a, rev- a review for <laughs> Hunter's Planet to do and a review for this one to do it's on the to-do list don't worry and Hunter's 3 and the original screenplay I'm a teeny bit busy with AVP Galaxy stuff and with work stuff at the minute so I'm not always in the mood when I get home but it is on the to-do list we'll take you up on that offer if you're uh... <laughs> no it's alright I have I have Eric doing other stuff um, no, sorry, you're Eric. I have AJ yeah. doing other stuff. I don't have you doing anything, do I? Um, sorry, AJ's busy. Adam's just finished his last assignment, so maybe he can do the um, the written review for this one. Well, you you can oh. take your time. You can take your <laughs> time. You were you were more glowy about this than I was, even Aaron, and and I was. So I I want to see your written words on it. So it, it will come. It will come. Yeah, and you're you're on the record anyway. Between this podcast and the last one, we know yeah. you love this. It's a nine, yeah. baby. Nine. <laughs> 10 out of 10 for artwork always though yeah and this is bittersweet this is the last alien versus predator comic from dark horse and we'll see what marvel has up their sleeve aaron yeah, are we, we doing have- the original screenplay for alien yeah we'll, we'll do hunters three we'll do original screenplay as well we know we know they announced alien versus predator right when marvel yeah yeah that release. was part of their press release they still haven't announced an omnibus which i would be really curious about the omnibus for avp because if they could collect some of the rare ones like sand trap dead space because that's what they've been doing with with the alien and predator omnibus ones is the, having a lot a- of a- alien more than than predator i don't think there's really been anything that was like holy shit kind of thing in the predator announcement and that only really just came recently anyway so i think an avp one's probably not too far off they did leave a nice little time between announcements so yeah we are intending to do podcasts on hunters 3 and the original screenplay i don't really know how we're looking in terms of scheduling at the minute so i'm not going to promise what's up next after this episode but they will be coming we will be doing them you can find us on all the major socials which is facebook twitter instagram youtube if you search alien versus predator galaxy or avp galaxy you're sure to find us or you can visit our website which is www.avpgalaxy.net and if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at underscore Corporal Hicks. If you'd like to follow me personally, it's at RidgeTop21 on both Twitter and Instagram. You could follow me on Twitter at FN Voodoo Magic. You know, I hate to shill on these things, but I would just like to remind people that if you are listening to us on a, a platform that has options for ratings and reviews, please, please do leave us ratings and reviews on the podcasts, uh, particularly iTunes. It helps our visibility for other people and it is very much appreciated. Yeah. So I guess that's everything. 
Uh, this has been Corporal Hicks. And Ridgetop. And Voodoo Magic. Xenomorphine. Are you looking, looking at me? God damn it. Why did you get to do it? <laughs> you Why did you get to do it? <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Are we redoing this? Yeah, no, let's redo that, it. No, no let's can, just redo it. Let's just no, that can it. be so it. We can have no, two no, takes. No, that can be it. Uh, I just want to let you know I'm looking at you. Ha, 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 ha.